So before we get started, I want to tell you about the best thing that has happened to the podcasting world, and that is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You can go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. You can even find it on the App Store of any iPhone or Android. The app is called Anchor. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. I like to just go off the fucking top and just see what happens. Hello. Isaiah Sanchez, buddy. How you doing, buddy? Here, I made it. Made it. Um, doing good, man. A little, little tired. Uh, little sore after all the like weight cutting and then physical exertion of the tournament uh, yesterday. Rolling around all day. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I my match was only you know five minutes, and there's only one guy in the division, so it was kind of a quick thing but I spent you know the rest of the day like coaching and, and right. stuff like that and trying to help support the the other team members that were out there competing so man a lot of fun but it really really takes it out of you for sure and then you went to work all day yeah man but yeah. uh so you only fought one fight or uh yesterday yeah yeah I only did one so you were already like how did that how does that work were you already in a certain standing and then you you fight for gold or yeah so um so with that it's pretty much everybody who signs up for a division uh is competing for gold in that division so my division in this case was uh 130 uh, 130 pound uh blue belt adult male so adult is like the age range uh it's like 18 to 29 and then uh, everybody that I go up against is going to be a blue belt who's 18 to 29, who's, you know... Same weight class. Uh, yeah, 130 pounds, so... Uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of how that works, and then you, you fight for gold in your division, you can do multiple divisions, you can do divisions in the gi, you can do divisions in no gi. So is the first fight for gold, or is that, like, like the it, guy who lost against you, does he go on to fight for silver? It, it depends on how they run the brackets, but it's like, in, it, the brackets are all the competitors, and so, like, say it's, it's uh, I don't know, six people, then the first the first round you got two two and two and they're all fighting to they everybody's fighting to fight for first place so after one person's eliminated the winners move up and then it's two and two and then once a uh, winner is declared the final two from what would be the semifinals uh move up to the finals right and that's where you you fight for gold so the winners of the first match the set and the second match fight in the third match for uh first place and then the loser gets second place and then uh the losers of the first match all fight each other gotcha. and the winner of the second match is going to be the winner of the third place gotcha. uh, 
or at least that's how it is for for most of them. I'm not gonna lie, I don't I don't pay a lot of attention to, <laughs> you to the just, rule structure. Yeah. I just I just go out there and and compete and you know try to try to not oh yeah lose not go home. Yeah. <laughs> so you got another gold. Yeah, man. Yeah. Gotta how, love it. Are you undefeated or so professionally? Yes. Yeah. Um, so the way it works in in like the jujitsu scene, I guess you could say, is um, you have tournaments which a competitor will pay a registration fee and then sign up for a, you know a division or two, and um, everybody's fighting for gold. But that's something that you you're you're like their customer. Uh, you you pay for your spot on the bracket and then you fight from there. For a professional one, um, the the pro matches are. Uh, set up to where the the fighters get paid uh, you know there's several different ways you know several different kinds of bonuses and and commissions and stuff like that but the fighters get paid they promote themselves they promote the event and then um, you're usually fighting like ticket sales and stuff yeah and and a lot of them try to kind of set it up almost like a like a MMA event where you know there's walkout music and there's there's the lights and the the cameras and the commentators and all that so uh, that's usually how the format would be distinguished is, is uh, one of them, you know, there's several fights going on um, and, you know, you could have as many as four or five, you know, some, sometimes even more than that, matches in a, in a tournament. Whereas with a pro match, it's usually like five to ten minutes depending yeah. on your rank and then, you know, you move on from there. Uh, you just fight the one match and then move up in their rankings and then eventually fight for the title in that division uh and then get promoted to the next belt and do it again (laughs) so um it's super interesting to me but like obviously you're pretty passionate about it oh yeah it's i mean it's your world right Mm -hmm. pretty much basically your your focus every day it's the only thing that i do besides like work and family like, right. I, don't, I don't have my hands in a whole bunch of different pots. I got right. like, three priorities and everything else is like, yeah. Yeah. You know? Work, family, jujitsu. It's a pretty good balance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you want... So, like, for me, I think of, like, passions as, you know, something you're passionate about. It's something that you want to take into the future and... For me, it's always been kind of like, I want to make a living doing what I love, mm-hmm. right? Ooh, yeah. And so... Heard that. Is is that a a dream for you? Is that something Absolutely. like... So if you love... If jujitsu is the thing that you love, uh, besides family, you know, if jujitsu could be your work, is that kind of the goal? Is that kind of what you're, yeah. you're, you're working towards? So it's, it's one of those... Um, artistic passions that doesn't conventionally pay out a lot so you right. know, mo- uh, until recently uh pretty much your only option to get your name out there was to compete and again that's paying an organization to you know compete in there's not events. much money in it there's like almost no money uh, right <clears throat> so in, in those kinds of organizations you might get paid if you're like black belt level and it's like a internationally like recognized event uh, then you know, right. and, and you're like at the tippy tippy top. Then right. you might get paid, but even in that check, you know, it's not going to be enough to to like live off. Right, it's not going to be enough to support yourself off. Yeah, of. for the rest of the year, right. you and your family. And but are, are you looking 
do you hope to get to that national level where you're well, fighting yeah, national? No, definitely, but it's it's like a lot of a lot of the like I said, the artistic passions that don't really pay out a lot. Right. Um, there's ways to get real jobs within in, within it. Yeah. yeah. So like for example, a lot of uh, jujitsu athletes will end up you know opening a school they'll have merchandise out of that school there's sponsorships uh like endorsement deals and, and partnerships and whatnot um and then there's a lot of them who have like how do I, like, I guess like a like a side hustle you would call it right um and then they incorporate that into you know selling trinkets and apparel and knickknacks and furniture and stuff to right. just jiu-jitsu athletes right. like, specifically for that right so you know a lot of a lot of different people in a lot of different uh i guess industries uh have to have to adapt like that because there's not a lot of money and a lot of stuff that's a lot of fun right you now right so it's one of those things where you just kind of gotta play your cards right keep a balance keep enough balance in your work and home life that you have time to train and money to attend events and you know until the sport makes can, it, until it reaches a point where the the viewership and and the fans and the the spectatorship is all to a point where it's it's feasible to start really paying out right. to, to these hardworking athletes, then you know that's something that uh, you know you just gotta kind of stick your nose down and, and just keep. keep Do you fighting. think so? Like MMA is huge, right? Right. That's the the. The grand stage, that's where all the money's at. Mm-hmm. Everybody's making money um, doing that. Um, would you be interested in going towards MMA? I'm not at the moment. Um, there's... Uh, it's it's one of those things that it's like... It's really easy to, to get into, but it's not really easy to like climb the ladder, per se. Um, there's a lot of risk of injury involved right um especially uh brain trauma yeah and that's that, that'd be the most concerning aspect is you know injuries to the brain like i can i can live with cosmetic damage right um, but i'm not trying to take any like long-term structural damage you know what i mean which sounds ironic coming from somebody who competes in jujitsu but it's the kind of risk and the kind of movement is way different with mma there's a lot more variable mm-hmm. there's there's a lot uh it's a lot harder to defend yourself, obviously, but, you know, people do wild stuff in the cage. Like, yeah. people people are jumping and flipping and throwing elbows and knees, and, you know, any one of those could just catch you the wrong way, and then there goes your it's whole lights career. Out. There goes your, there goes your I mean, you, job. You, you could even your, die. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so I mean, getting caught in the, it's obviously in the head super, some wrong way yeah. could be over. Yeah, and it's obviously super fun. You know, I, I don't have anything against it. I'm a huge fan. I, uh, you know, I practice striking as well as uh, grappling. So it's not that I have anything against it. It's just as far as pursuing it professionally or even, like, going amateur with it, it's just not something I'm super interested because I get that combat gratification through, you know, just competing in jiu-jitsu tournaments and competing in uh, uh, grappling events and things like that. So, you know, I figure, why why risk the CTE when I literally don't have to and I can just practice alternative ways to, right. uh, to win in combat. So I, I like it a lot better. It's more, <clears throat> to me, like, uh, I feel like jiu-jitsu is like a, like a chess match and then MMA is like, you know, like a board game. 
<laughs> right, right. Like a normal board game, like so anybody can get into it. So jujitsu is more methodical. It's yeah, yeah. Um, it's also a lot slower paced. It's a lot harder to get people interested in uh, because unless you've been doing it for a while, a lot of it just doesn't make a lot of sense. You're like, well, right. Even after you've been doing it a while, it's like, why is he doing it? <laughs> why did he put his? Why aren't they moving? And it's like they are moving, but it's like a game of inches. Right. You know? Right. So, Somebody could be defending a choke for, like, two and a half minutes, but right. it looks like they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah. please help me. But what they're really doing is, like, trying to get, you know, their chin position the right way and their shoulder and their hips and all of that. And then whenever they start to make ground, their opponent is, like, you know, adapting to that. And so yeah. it looks like this You're move. also thinking of, like, what is my opponent doing? What is What does mm-hmm. he have in mm-hmm. mind? What is it that he's going for? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so how did you win this last match? Um, I mean, this one was, was pretty good for me. Uh, I won 14-0 and to points. Uh, I didn't submit him. I wasn't particularly concerned about the submission. Um, I didn't go out there with, you know, any real, uh, like, I have to win this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, you know, I just got done with two professional matches over the summer. I trained really, really hard for those to make sure that... Um, you, won, you won the make, way you wanted to win? Exactly. Yeah. So... This time, I kind of wanted to just, like, sit back a little bit, kind of see where I'm at, uh, you know, against against the, the other people in my division, and just kind of play a more calm and, and composed game and not, not really be as hostile or aggressive, just kind of just play, a, play a simpler game. And it worked out really well for me, you know. I, uh, I just really dominated the uh, positional aspect of the game. Uh, Lots of, so you had control most of the, the most of the I, match. I, and, already, is that how you get points? Time. Well, the the way it works, the, there's a there's a point structure. So you get points for like passing a guard. You get points for takedowns. You get points right. for um, certain adva- advantageous positions like taking the back or full mount and stuff right. like that. And then you get points for like sweeping them. So like essentially, like getting them on their back and getting off of your back. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there's a lot of different ways to score points, and I made sure to pretty much score a point in every way that you can. So what was the, the point-to-point ratio? Uh, what do you mean? Like, how many did you have? I, I, got, I got 14 points, and then he had zero points. Fuck. It felt really good. For um, gold, man. That's yeah. awesome. Well, it, it felt really good that that was the one match that I had for my division. Mm-hmm. Usually there's at least four guys. Right. You know, but... Um, this time, you know, there just wasn't a lot of people. We're in the middle of a pandemic, so it's understandable. Right. Um, everybody's out there <laughs> at a grappling event, a super close contact sport, wearing masks and stuff like that, you know? So in this one, because in the pro fight, you didn't have to wear a mask. In this one, did you have to? Uh, it was required. Right. It was very hard to enforce because, right. you know, you have, you have fighters getting warmed up, you have coaches, you have family they're all intermingling and you know nobody's paying attention to social distancing so it's like it you know you have the event staff who you know bless their heart they're doing everything they can and they're just like please just put your mask on please just a little bit of space and they're just there's so many you know spectators and competitors at these kinds of events i would think like because even at the pro fight that i went to a lot of people that just weren't wearing them. A lot of people were, and there were kind of like the event planners walking around trying to ask people to put them on and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like everybody was pretty loose about it. Was it at the same spot too? But they, um, 
you know, they check everybody's temperature when they're coming mm-hmm. in. You know, just because you pass a temperature test doesn't necessarily mean you you don't have it. Right. Because, right. like, right symptoms could be, Delayed. I guess, like, 4 to 14 days. Yeah. Like, but, um, that kind of... I don't know, man. It's so weird. <laughs> I, I, I I took my mask off, honestly. I mean, everybody else around me was, and it's like... Here's what I'll say is, I, I definitely recognize the... Importance. The, the huge spike in risk now that kids are going back to school. And right. Kids, were, kids are <clears throat> competing at these events. Um, I also... I don't know. It's... it's hmm, how do I put this? I, I recognize the risk, but it's it's just gotten to to that point where everybody's trying the best they can to live their lives and, and be mindful, you know what I mean? Right. Be mindful of, of doing okay, everything that you can do. So, you know, everybody's got the, the hand sanitizer and the mask and the, the, you know, changes to the daily routine. But I, I don't know. It's 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 hard to mentally absorb the impact of all the changes that we're seeing you know unfold in real time it's it's like it we're we're months and months into this and i'm still like having to turn around from the from the store to go go back and grab your mask yeah every Uh, single time for me dude honestly um, and it's like i'm i'm I, i definitely don't have anything to say uh negatively in regards to like all the experts who are doing everything they can, you know what I mean? But it's just, it, it's obvious, it's obvious that it's taking a while to, to fully, like, sink in for everybody, you know right. what I mean? Especially as, as we start to consume more and more information that says, essentially, let's pay attention to everything else but this, you know what right. I mean? There's, there's a lot of information circulating that's just, like, top-of-the-timeline headlines that are just, like look at this, look at this, look at this. And, you know, there's there's so many big events happening over, you know, just over and over and over, back to back to back. And then we don't here have we time are, to Here really... we are still trying to, like, remember this news that's long gone from yeah. our brains, like, we still gotta wear the mask. And then, you know, obviously now we have so many people who are just, like, openly and defiantly just, like, you can't make me, that it's, like, well, are, are they gonna get what's coming to them? Like, like, where is that at? <laughs> Maybe a lot like, of them aren't, so, and so they're getting emboldened. Uh, they're 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 a lot of them like but, don't but, end up getting sick at all, and so here we are, just yeah, like but what, please, please, just just. But if for, a if a business is says it's required, uh-huh. then you just get refused. Yeah, business, and I'm super down with that. Yeah, that and it's like completely reasonable. like well, if you want to be a fucking dick about it, if you just want to be a dick about it and say I'm not going to wear my mask, then you get you know you're refused business and well that's well fucking live with that you fucking yeah. dickhead like i have yeah. no problem <laughs> i have no problem putting on the mask yeah. and you know going into the store and getting what i need that's not a fucking problem to me but like some people have that mentality where it's like well i i can't be told what to do and shit like it yeah it freedom ever heard of it, <laughs> it tripped me out the other day this this guy was we were walking into the store into the grocery store and uh you know, I had my mask on. This guy was walking in in front of me, and he wasn't wearing a mask. And the lady was like, "Sir, you have to have a mask." And he said, "I have a medical condition," and he kept walking. Mm. This dude was like four hundred pounds, 
I'm like, yeah, you got a medical condition, dude. Like, <laughs> you're 400 pounds. Like, there's, there's, you have more of a, you have to worry about, like, heart disease or, mm-hmm. like, whatever it is that you're going to die of something that's not corona. Like, you have to, <laughs> you have to worry about that shit, dude. You should probably think about that. That's, that's, corona's probably the least of his worries, I would think. But, well, it's, clearly, I mean, you know, <clears throat> he's got a medical condition, so he's not going to take the steps to make sure that he avoids getting a worse medical condition that yeah. might worsen his other medical conditions. It's per- it makes perfect sense. Yeah, put on the fucking mask, <laughs> dude. Like, you're, you're already walking on the edge. Of, like, dude, like, you're Just knocking on heaven's line, door dude, already, right, so right, put on the right. fucking mask, dude. You have the most to worry about. But... Uh, I don't know, dude. But then, then, you know, just to circle back around to the original point, like, I think that everybody not being a medical expert and trying to find the line between where it's logical to wear the mask and where it's not, you know what I mean? Right. And where it's logical to apply the social distancing rules and, and, you know, like, in, in an event like a grappling event, like, with all that close contact, like, how, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, well, I think, all of the competitors have to take their mask off in order to compete. I think that there has to be a balance between, like... And I think everybody should be able to make their own choice mm-hmm. of what they want to do if you want to put yourself at more risk mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but we should also... We should, we should have the choice of, like, how do we want to live our life? Do I want to go out to, you know, these sporting events? Do I want to surround myself with a lot of people? Uh do I want to continue to enjoy my life or do I want to stay locked inside the house and never do anything? Right. You well, know? And, then, and then again, you gotta, you gotta like consider where, cause even, even, even being, you know, just the, the daily like customers and, and spectators at events and, and all of that, just the casual people experiencing the back end of this, like where on the administrative end, where on the state level on the government level, um where do they where are they drawing these lines you know what i mean and it's like where what what's the priority structure here like how how much are we prioritizing health how much are we prioritizing science and and common sense how much are we prioritizing right. commerce and business and 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 you know right. uh economy and, and all that well i would hope that this is kind of a a wake up call to people to think about those things to think about what their health number one and what are they doing to strengthen their immune system to to be healthy because you know i'm not a medical expert all i have is the things that i've read but you know most healthy people don't have to worry about dying most healthy younger you know especially our age range, 25 to 30 to 35, mm. 40s, 45. It's a pretty broad range. <laughs> well, from, from 25 to 45, if you're healthy, if you're eating right, if you're you know, taking your vitamins or paying attention to those things, you're living a healthy life, you're, you're building your immune system through you know, so many different means, uh, just being strong and healthy, then you probably don't have to worry about dying from covid compared to somebody who is even in our age range but is 300 pounds who devours you know empty calories of mcdonald's mm-hmm. five times a day or you know 
if uh, that's why I'm just saying it, hopefully this is a wake up call for people to take better care of their health so that we can continue to get out and live our lives, uh, live a, a fruitful life of experience and, and get the most out of it. I feel like the like American dream is just so powerful in incentivizing like self-destructive and uh, I guess what's the like, American dream though? The the the, the, the the you know the whole buy consume uh, you know have things uh, uh, hit these these cultural milestones like college and, and marriage right, and right, right. buying your first home. You know the the whole American dream thing. I I feel it's like funny. It, I was just telling. I was just telling Stormy what I thought the American dream was. Like, literally, before you came over, uh-huh. I was telling her what my thought of the American dream was. I was like, buying a school bus, gutting it, turning it to a home, <laughs> and driving cross-country. That's, that's, that's the American dream. That's like, to an me. American dream. Right. And it is one of, one of the dreams right. of an American. But I the think. standard American dream. But, yeah, dream. What, 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 what people, what you could, like... Like Google on the internet, standard American just, dream. Yeah, the 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 template. S A D is sad because it shouldn't be. <laughs> well, um, dang, where's I going with that? What are we talking about? Well, you got people. You said they're the American dream, going to college. You know, graduating oh, oh, high school. Yeah, going so to college. so I feel like it incentivizes all these like self destructive and and self serving behaviors to the point where we're so much more comfortable and dare I say better off not doing those things like going against the grain and thinking for ourselves and questioning the information that's being fed and you know saving saving our money for a rainy day instead of just buying it on on things that collect dust you know what i mean um I, i feel like it's an uphill battle to say the least like we have had reminder after reminder after reminder of so many ways that our our way of life collectively has very harmful impacts to our species, to the planet, to, you know what I mean, the, the long-term health of, of, you know, the individual and the collective. And it's like, so? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's everybody's response. Yeah. Like, yeah. so? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, the planet's dying? Okay. Yeah. Okay, what's up? I gotta, I gotta get to work. Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, the, the, every, everywhere we turn our head, it's like, now look this way. Now look this way. No, 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 don't pay attention to that but super, could something, super important stuff. Could something look like this, this be a wake-up call to nah. pay more attention? You don't think? Nah. I mean, but this, this is, I believe, is going to have a, long ton, a long-term effect yeah, yeah. on society there, and there the way be... that we conduct our lives and the mm-hmm. way, you know, we have kids going to school online now. Like, a shitload of kids going to school online now. And is this... To me, that's that's moving us into the future, into the digital age, as we have slowly been... I think it's a powder keg waiting to ignite, because if you look at your average American's education level, and you look at the way that that kind of generally lacking education uh, impacts one's day-to-day decisions, I, I don't feel like we are in spectacular hands sending everybody to well i guess i guess that's more more if everybody was doing homeschool so if we're still doing you know teachers in online class i guess i kind of jumped the gun on that one now um if everybody was to to switch to homeschool which i know that there is a, a huge spike in that as well 
Um, that's where I think it's, it can get kind of dangerous just because we have a lot of people who on paper don't have a very high education, uh, a very large amount of education. A lot of parents aren't, and, and they don't have people, the highest IQ. Well, it's, it's <laughs> They're not, not even, the sharpest crayons in the box. And either. you don't have to be to read from a pamphlet, but what, but right. what I'm saying is the, the way of thinking that implies that, you know, your ideals are more important than factual information. That's where it starts to get a little dicey you know what i mean but so but even going to public school you're online. being pumped full of oh I, 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 sorry yeah. ideologies anyway like uh, certain certain i as somebody who went to private school public school and online school i can i can kind of like yeah peek into the window of the lifestyles of each and what i can say is you know online school for me was great because it was kind of left in my hands and i had the the drive to learn at least like you know i'm not a big fan of homework not a big fan of tests but i am a big fan of having more information researching yeah so yeah. so it worked out for me just because i could i could sit there and do it right um not a lot of people are in that position though you know i don't know i know that now having two kids and you know four dogs and a full-time life um i don't know how well I'd personally be able to keep up with like homework and how well I'd be able to keep up with uh, uh, creating an environment uh, for learning that that you know meets the needs of the child like right. the, the 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 fact of the matter is we have people who are trained for this and they're called teachers right right and we have an environment for this we we have school right but the uh the you know layperson the common man vastly overestimates their their potential in in virtually every category so you are going to have a lot of people who are going to be homeschooling and who are going to be just kind of leaving the kids to their own devices and telling themselves that they're doing a better job than they really are that's my concern um i feel like in spite of the uh the negative consequences of you know public school and, and private school and, and physical institutions where a, a person, you know, goes to learn, I feel like in spite of the, you know, potential bullying and, and the, the dealing with, you know, teachers that, that maybe shouldn't be teachers and stuff like that, I feel like the collective benefit of having, having that kind of structure, at least the, at least the structure, not necessarily how we apply it, but having that kind of structure, I, I feel like is going to be a much more beneficial situation in terms of keeping kids motivated to to achieve academically keeping kids uh socially um you know exposing them to to, to enough uh stimulus socially that they they can build good social skills and be good people and stuff like that i feel okay, like if so you remove all of that and you just stick a screen in front of them um there's there's things that we're going to need to watch out for you know so one of uh kind of what i'm getting is one of the biggest problems that we have to look at in this situation, if kids are going to be home taking courses online, um, the parents, like, it, it, it's kind of, we're kind of set up, almost like set up to fail in this situation <laughs> because going to have parents, a lot of computer jobs in the next 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, parents are working. Mm-hmm. 40 to 60 hours a week mm -hmm. just scraping by still you know mm -hmm. they're gone you know 
whatever percent of their kids' lives scraping up these, you know, paychecks, still living paycheck to paycheck. You know, it's kind of like society is set up right now in a way that this doesn't look too good. Because, you know, parents are already gone away from the home as much as it is. So what are we doing? We're leaving our kids at home with computers to, you know, decide for themselves whether they want to turn that thing on and actually take the class or... And that's without even acknowledging, you know, the vast, vast amount of people that literally cannot do that. That cannot stay home from work. They do not have access to, you know, reliable internet or power they do not have uh, oops they do not have um you know the means to support that kind of of education and you know what it would do in that case you know right it's not like supplementing your education with you know anything <clears throat> is 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 financially uh, uh feasible for people who are already so economically challenged that they can't afford to and so like what what kind of position does that put us in when that parent who's already struggling enough to make ends meet can't go to work because they have to be at home to make sure that their kid nine times out of ten they're just going to go to work and then the kid doesn't turn on that laptop to get his education because or he does and he struggles because he doesn't have the additional support that he needs because the the templated format of of the education the curriculum is isn't quite there yet it will either isn't quite there or just not in tune with not aligned with the way that that child learns specifically right, right. You know, it's it's i don't know there's, there's a lot of stuff that concerns me about it and i mean, i'm already i mean, I'm already so, generally concerned about the education level of of you know just your everyday guy right, so it's like right. I, it's not like i have a, a super huge wealth of of education to draw from in most cases but you know so we could be we could be super pessimistic about this. <laughs> you know? I, I say concerned. I, I'm not going to say that this, all this bad stuff will happen, but these right. are concerns. They're concerns, for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm overall an optimist. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's potential for something good to come out of this. And maybe moving into, like I was saying, the digital age. And... A revamp in the way education is done because I've been I've been kind of in favor of that for ever since I left high school was the fact that our education system needs to be revamped uh, that that old way just seems doesn't seem to be working anymore and I think it would be more valuable to Focus on a kid's passion for whatever whatever it is that he's passionate. Maybe he's passionate about, you know, building things out of Legos. That could be a potential architect. You know, if, if we focused on his passion for building, and maybe we could do that through a digital curriculum and say, so this kid, you know, maybe there, there could be a test to see what it is or a questionnaire about what it is that this kid is interested in and and maybe these classes could be tailored to what it is that they're interested in so that they do want to open up the computer and they do want to go to those classes they do want to learn about these things that they care about already and so if you start a kid at 10 years old who likes to build like building blocks and stuff and start slowly teaching integrating him into archaeology or uh, 
um, architecture. architecture, by the time he's 18 years old, he could be a master already. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, that is that is a very optimistic uh, way to look at it. But um, I am I am excited for the implications uh, of what kind of technological developments we'll make to adapt. You know, I'm always excited for that. I'm, I'm excited to see how how schools adapt. I'm excited to see how, you know, software and especially interactive, you know, uh, hardware and software um, develop, how they progress. Um, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of exciting stuff there. Coming um, out of this? Like, right now, everything seems like it's kind of, you know, uh, just kind of slapped together. Everything is well, just we're being like, thrown we're, into we're a gonna, situation yeah. that we had no, we did not plan for, and, and that might be for the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we weren't forced into this this new way, then we might have stuck with that old way that was not doing us any good. The, yeah. It was it was getting worse and worse and worse, and maybe yeah. we needed shit to burn down so that we could rebuild <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, so, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, no, and, and I mean, there's there's plenty to say on... on the kinds of old ways that need to go and, and the kinds of new ways that could replace them. You know, there's, there's a, there's plenty to say about that. I think plenty to say <laughs> fucking, well, and, and, and most of it, like I don't have the answers for, and you know, like even what we're talking about, this whole new way of education at the moment for kids being out of school and learning online Maybe that's a really fucking bad idea. Maybe this is going to go really bad or it could go really good. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of lean on that really good side. Um, I'm just really hopeful and optimistic. And I, uh, either way, life is going to go on and uh, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or will it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I it, it will go on. I mean, when it gets down to the nitty gritty of it, life is always gonna go on. But the value of life is gonna be a. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. Like, man, I've been, I've honestly, I've been super excited for like, even before COVID hit, rocked the world. Whether it's manufactured to change the world. Like, maybe, you know, there's all those conspiracies, all those ideas that, you know, maybe this was manufactured by elites to change the world in the way that they want to change it. Or, or it is an actual th- pandemic that is actually changing the world uh, through, through its natural course. But um, even before all of this, I've been super excited for the next 10 years. Yeah, just kind of looking forward. I I mean, at the rate that we're evolving or technology is evolving and the way that society is evolving, the way that we're adapting to the technology that we have, because it's still brand new. The access to all of this is still brand new when it comes to our species. And we're, we're kind of starting to grasp it. Not fully, even understanding it, but we're we're starting to implement these things into our integrate them into our lives and and kind of center our lives around them and the the fact that we need these things to push ourselves into the future so the future is pretty fucking intriguing 
to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. And there's going to be a lot of rapid change, just like we just experienced. I think that's only going to increase, and we're going to have to adapt. Uh, but for me, that's way more interesting than the mundane. <laughs> and I think life has been pretty mundane for a long I need excitement. I need yeah. things to change. I, yeah. You know, I don't like to be stagnant yeah i love change i love accepting it and like a lot of people fear it fear that like fear the shit so much like they're scared to death of things changing but i embrace it i love it and i'm excited to see where it goes oh yeah yeah no and i mean just to kind of add on that i mean ah dang i had a whole thing in my head and it's just like just completely exploded out of my head um yeah no. the uh the, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how how things continue to unfold I'm, I'm really from what I understand you know there's there's a lot of changes that we thought were going to be temporary that aren't going to be temporary right um and you know with with how hard of a time we are having with adjusting to to any of these changes, you know, much less all of them altogether. Right. Um, it's it's just uh, <laughs> it's really interesting seeing the whole the whole we're we're racing against ourselves. You know what I mean? We're like it's it's like we're going out of our way to put ourselves in in positions where we will definitely die, and then when we don't die, we're just like, oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> I survived. Humanity yes. is gonna keep going, and you know in spite of ourselves right we're we're, we're we're continuously as collectively uh surviving in spite of ourselves we're we're you know con- we're consuming and and taking you know like from the earth uh, at a at a pace that you know is largely considered unsustainable when it comes but to every time yeah every time we uh reach a new you know tipping point every time we reach a new like line in the sand that we should never have crossed we're just like well we're still we here. did it we <laughs> fucking yeah, made it I mean, now so, what else can we take yeah so so i mean there's there's just that certain aspect of like human nature that i feel is is gonna be going to be it's going to be present in all of the major you know catastrophes you know right. it's going to have that human element of i could have prevented this maybe but I'm still here. But, like, <laughs> we didn't. Did and you die? Right? Yeah, did you right? Die? Like, uh, some of you did. Uh, yeah. So, what, going off of that, like, what, we have this, uh, going to Mars. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Leaving this planet and, you know, going to the next, uh, we talk about, you know, running out of resources here, you know, depleting our planet of all of its resources uh let's say you know optimistically humanity still has a long way to go we still have plenty of time um what about jumping to over to mars do you think about that that? into a trash can too well yeah i I mean we are the parasite i don't of the universe this is this is what i think i think that so we know that every living human being is going to die, right? Maybe. And we know that... I don't know that. No, every, every, every living 
person is going to die. You well, know, every we get, we we can agree on that much. That, okay, like, maybe like, maybe you, physical. Yes, physical body. Consciously, conscious. That's physical. a whole nother. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll just say the physical body. So maybe we know we know. What if scientific out like what if what if even when it comes to the technology within the medical field. They are like exponentially growing and evolving. Um, we've got gene editing, you know, that's going to be within the next 10, 15 years. There's gene editing where we can start to, uh, even before a kid is born, we can dictate whether he's going to be, you know, how tall he's going to be and how, how mm -hmm. much muscle mass is he going to have and, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. And then that technology exponentially growing you don't think we'll eventually find a fountain of youth no no um no i don't because there nobody nobody really benefits in that situation and what i was going to say is i think that it, knowing that that there's a birth sequence and there's a death sequence and the death sequence removes that person from the population the birth sequence adds that person to the population I think that if we can balance the rate at which we're giving birth, uh, exactly, um, then we can manifest a sustainable. But that's going to take a. We, that's going to take an, a global agreement upon each person, <laughs> or you have governments enforcing that, and that's not where we want to go, right? Uh, Do you think it should be it's, it's mandated funny. by it's, the government to um, one kid per family, or? Well, again, you know, circling back to the fact that we exist in spite of ourselves, um, it's, it's like, it's one of these, like, scientific undeniabilities. Like, we only have so much space, we only have so many resources, we can only support so much life. Right. And then we just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we just keep living, keep having more babies. And so, you know... At, at, Send half of them to Mars. At the rate, at the at the rate that we're we're expanding the population versus the rate that the population's dying, you know, it's just eventually everything's gonna fill up. There will literally not be a single square inch left if it continues at the rate that it's at. So it's like, and we don't get hit by an asteroid. I, I'm, or, I'm I'm not gonna say I have any kind of preference on how to deal with it because I'm not educated enough in right. like population science to, right, to right, know right. but I will say that if we pay attention to something like that there's a way to reach that goal that doesn't involve anybody having to be too uncomfortable you know what I mean um, and by too uncomfortable I mean like not having to have these these oppressive government regimes like kicking down your door and saying, right. are you pregnant? Right, no, right. no babies. We yeah, can't yeah. have any more babies. You know, we, we, we obviously don't want that. It sounds very dystopian. It sounds yeah, yeah. dystopian. Excuse me. Um, it sounds, it sounds, you know, ridiculous. It sounds like a nightmare. Wasn't but, that going on in China for a while? Um, so people say, yeah. I, I'd have to, I wouldn't read know hundred percent either. Yeah. I heard it. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? But you know, there's, there's a lot of scary stories that we hear about people in other other places yeah. that you know just unsubstantiated rumors that are just you know who knows yeah that's what that's what americans are fed or <laughs> <laughs> stories well, from other countries and then you fucking meet someone from there and they're the happiest person ever but the point being is just you know the 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 fact of the matter is undeniable there's no there's no working around that so it's it's the problem is that it requires a very 
zoomed out way of thinking. It requires you to look so far outside of yourself that you perceive things like the the good of the population and and you know most people don't have the time or energy to to do that you know they got to get to work they got to get right. some food they got right. to get they got to right. take care of the kids right. gotta, you know what i mean so, so a lot of people so, are distracted from from that big picture stuff and and nobody trusts the experts you know so I mean? you don't think having a uh a multi-planetary civilization would be viable no no, no, I do not. Um, I don't believe that we can pull the resources from Earth to uh, support interplanetary civilization. Um, I don't believe that our understanding and, and uh, that our understanding of, of you know like interplanetary resources uh, is is thorough enough to but couldn't it get there maybe that's speculation though you know yeah but i mean maybe i mean if we're looking at i think i see humans literally going extinct before we before we establish a sustainable interplanetary civilization of any kind i mean i can i can see that i get it but then there's the optimist in me (laughs) and and the hope like dude I I, I just I but so I can see both you know I can see I can see the fact that we would go extinct before we ever get to that point and that's kind of I think that's more likely while it's not the option I prefer right but there's that um you know why haven't we uh made contacts with extraterrestrial life why haven't and there's that Fermi's paradox where you know if there are civilizations out there other than ours um and why haven't we contacted them well they probably went extinct before they had they gained the comp the uh capability to reach out to us or even become an interplanetary species uh and and you're you're very you're you know you're right when it comes to the possibility that we might not make it that far um i i really hope we can like (laughs) you know i i hope uh that would be that that would be the route i would want for humanity Mm -hmm. um and i just think it would be super fucking exciting um i think with the rate you know with how far we've come and at the rate that technology is expanding I could see it happening, you know, I could see some very interesting things happening within the next hundred years when it comes to exploring other planets, at least getting boots on the ground Mm -hmm. and and exploring those options. That will put people out there, but I don't, I don't see, uh, I don't see society's self-destructive tendencies taking a break long enough for us to make that kind of but, achievement but so society has always kind of had that mm-hmm. you know self-destructive tendency mm-hmm. ever since you know we were in these small tribes up until you know 
the the Greek Empire and to the Roman Empire and and so forth. So we've always had that mm-hmm. self-destructive tendency. There's always been that uh, balance of good and evil, of of uh, progress and self-destruction. There's always been that way. Like it's you you look at like the Romans and everything and the way that people couldn't stand the oppressive blah 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 there's there's always been that there's always been uh leaders you know you know piece of shit dictators to to rule but there's always been innovation and we've gotten this far through all of that self-destruction you know don't think that trump is the last guy or that there's only gonna be a few more trumps and a few more neros from you know yeah you know, the Roman Empire, but I think it's always been that way and we found our way through it all the way to here. And so why couldn't, why wouldn't it be that we're going to continue to have these kind of uh, governments and, and people rebelling against governments, just idiots in society, self-destructive, self-destructive tendencies, and why could we still not innovate and progress and push ourselves further into the future? I'd say, I mean, just to answer the question, um, why couldn't we, or why wouldn't we, uh, again, I just think it's because we've reached a lot of historically unprecedented milestones, um, with impacts that are becoming more real every day, more dangerous every day, uh, impacts on the weather, impacts on, you know, uh, distribution of, you know, things like water. So you're, we're running out of time. Um, yeah, definitely, 100%. Yeah, um, very quickly. To the point where if... Like if something's going to happen, it has to happen now. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that we're at the point where it's where, where like, we can actually that, change it. I think that a lot of, like, really bad stuff is going to go down and, and the population is going to take a massive hit um, as the consequent, direct consequences of, you know, our, our harm to our environment. And, so it's uh, kind of like there's no reverse. I, I don't think so. Yeah. No. I think that there will be some massive, massive consequences, um, whether that means loss of life or loss of habitable land or loss of, um, you know, resources, I can't say. Maybe I, something that kind of just resets us back to the Stone Age or... Uh, I, don't, I don't know about a scale like that, but definitely something that, you know, there's, there's just, there's so many things that are beyond the point of fixing right now that it's just like it doesn't it doesn't make sense for us to come out of it unscathed it it doesn't make logical sense to assume well and i mean it could also be just like i was talking about you know with the the education system and everything that's going on right now maybe it takes burning everything down to to come up with something better and maybe that would be the case yeah and if there's a massive loss to life or inhabitable land that could be the we could be civilization could be the phoenix rising from you know the ashes of all of that that is burnt down and maybe more prosperity comes from that uh, i mean it's i feel like it's hard to call it prosperity in in the wake of that kind of destruction well, but i, I well, do understand what you're well, saying but if you look at the wake so um in the wake of all that destruction and tragedy, if you look at history and and many of stories, uh, 
on record of groups of people who survive tragedies, there is a coming together of... Yeah, definitely. Just like, kind of, you know, like what happened with 9-11. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a sense of unity mm-hmm. amongst Americans that was... that. when there's tragedy like that people come closer and especially like even with covid there was a lot of dumb shit happening but a lot of people felt closer to their family and so i would think that you know if there's a global catastrophe um and few of us left it would bring us closer and maybe realize the error of our ways and then the I think some of us will. Yeah. I mean, just it's it's whether or not it's a meaningful majority or or you know an insignificant. I still think at the end of the day, if that was to happen, there would still be governments put in place. Well, I mean, we're we're seeing a lot of it happen in real time, and not seeing a lot of what I would call progress to to make it better you know to ease it so it's just like there's too many people with too many opinions yeah definitely 100 percent. and you know some places are doing fine some places are doing awful and um you know that's if, if one part of society of civilization as a whole is doing awful then society as a whole is not doing well you know what i mean right. there's there's an awful part to it then we got to fix the awful part you know what i mean but there's the awful part is just growing and growing in proportion to the size of the collective and the ones who are who got it made essentially are getting smaller and smaller but controlling you know more and more of the uh the direction that that society's moving into you know what i mean so we yeah. have this we had this uh, hierarchy where you know most of the majority does not get to benefit off of um, the the intense intense uh, role they play in society they don't get right. to benefit off of it the people who are benefiting off of it and moving all the switches are you know sitting at the top in a very very sparse minority right. and it's like you know uh, it more than half I'd say just speculating more than half of the population is you know treated by by the this elite circle as as relatively expendable and you know as as a result of that we see we see uh, things like you know incredible poverty and and sickness yeah. and famine and drought and all of this all 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 sorts of things that could be easily you know, rectified with, with proper infrastructure and, 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 and support. What do you think that's um, going to take to get to that point? Like, if we could, say, let's just say we have the time. Is it going to, is it going to be the fact that we need to realize that speaking for America solely as Americans, realizing that this place, this society that we've built here is of the people is it going to get to the like could we get to that point where we collectively understand that we have to make these decisions as a people and not let one person run the whole show or 
I, I get what you're saying, but I don't feel like that's a mystery. I don't feel like that's something that's so beyond everybody. I feel like it's something that's kind of treated as an insignificant result of a really comfortable lifestyle. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, people are, in spite of all the grievances that everybody has about all these first world problems, like, people are generally comfortable uh, in, in, in our society. That's what I was trying to tell somebody the other day. It was just like, we've got it really fucking good. Like, I think we were talking about the Make America Great slogan. And I'm like, America's pretty fucking great. Like, even before Trump. Mm-hmm. Like, and apparently his slogan for this next campaign is Keep America Great. Mm-hmm. Like, just because he's president, yeah. America automatically is fucking awesome now. Right. Like, I think America's been great. It's been pretty fucking awesome to live here compared to a lot of places in the world. We mm-hmm. have so much um, to be thankful for, so much opportunity for for so many things. There are so many things that are fucked up about our society, but overall, I'm very fucking grateful to be born here on this piece of soil than, you know, many other places. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that, that's, that that kind of gratitude is, is healthy. Um, but I also think that it kind of glosses over all of the not great things that right. really need to have attention paid to them. Yeah, but when uh, I say that, it's it's not saying that there aren't things that we need to pay attention to. No, 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 I, I, definitely can, I, I recognize that when you say it, mm-hmm. but as a, as a general attitude of, like, America is like great, the, now, the, now keep America The patriot, great. you know, right, proud, right. fucking America's the best, it's the I, greatest at everything kind right. of mentality. I, I have nothing against, you know, uh, you know, pride and, 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 and honor and all of that and, and all of the great things that people associate our, uh, our, our society and culture with. But I do have a problem with blind nationalism to a fault. I have right. a problem with, Absolutely. with blind patriotism that, Absolutely. that is only the result of the lowest hanging fruit propaganda that's right. been, you know, ushered right. in their direction. So right. it, it it I think that there are great things about life here. I think that there are a lot of great things about life here, a lot of things that people should be grateful for consciously every day. Yeah. But there is so much dirt under the rug that needs to be, you know, really, really dealt with before I can call it great as a whole. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I think I think that there's. I I I just think that there's there's too much structurally wrong with right. our way of life before. I so back to the question of like can. Can we as a people rise up, come together collectively to make the change, changes that need to be? Uh, I mean, I, I guess I guess we can. Um, and we have in the past. Kind of. I mean, I, I just really think that there's too many people with not enough education for us to be able to consciously look look into look look out for our own best interests i think that and like we talked about last time a lot of these people who are getting into politics they're basing everything out of their emotions and not logic well, not even necessarily their emotions but the emotions the collective of the, the emotion. demographic that they're pandering to right know? right so i mean i i think anything is possible 
what I think is likely is a lot more flushing ourselves down the toilet before we, you know, before we, we shape up and, and correct things. Um, as a, from, from my point of view, from my perspective, it really seems like until our hand is forced, we're, we're not going to be proactive on a lot of things that we need to be proactive on. And even in the case where our hand should be forced, we still, like, we're literally chopping off our hand instead of using it constructively to deal with the problem. Right. So, um, it's, it's really hard for me to be consciously optimistic about the direction that we're going in. Um, I can say that the potential's there, but I can't say that I'm confident that we're going to do more good than harm. You know, right. Uh, it's just it's just the the ratio at which we we already do more harm than good. Yeah. Like it's I don't I don't see that reversing out of you know sheer will and and community in the face of of like the pandemic. I see that drawing lines deeper. I see that causing further right. separation than I see it uh, overall unifying people. Yeah. Like as soon as it as soon as it was something that could be do you think this A or B uh, that immediately separated the crowds into A crowd and right, B crowd. Right, right, right. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see it being likely that, that we, you know, just, just come together, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, even with my optimistic uh, <laughs> point of view I or I think hopes, we need that. I think we need e- it. Even, even with my hopes, um, I, I, could, I see it going either way. Mm-hmm. I could see it going one way or the other. Um, I hope for one, but I can also see it very likely going the other way, uh, which I wouldn't hope for. But either way, I'm super excited for it. Because it's a break in right. the monotony. Like, right. uh, like, so, like, either way it goes, I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's exciting to me. I, I can see that. The, the, the change. And that, it... For me, it's like either. Mm, dang it! There it goes again. <laughs> Whatever I was about to say. Where'd it go? You said either way, I'm stoked. What was I about to say? No. Yeah, go. either way, I'm stoked about. Yeah, whatever, whatever could happen because it's gonna make things exciting. Like everybody, you know, there's those kind of people who watch the post-apocalyptic movies or the zombie movies and they're like yeah i want that to happen because it's way more exciting than going to work every day so i'm one of those kind of people is like i i need something to shake i need the i need the foundations Mm -hmm. beneath our feet to shake and rattle and change things that makes life way more exciting for me at the end of the day um i don't have any kids at the moment, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, when I say things like that, people, a lot of people I know, you, you have kids to worry about in that situation. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like, no, I don't want there to be, you know, some post-apocalyptic right, I have to have right. kids, man. I don't yeah. want to have, I don't want them to have to go through something like that and potentially, potentially lose them mm-hmm. in, in a situation like, I don't have kids yet right now. Yeah. I gotta take care of like I'll take care of myself and that's gonna be super fucking fun. Yeah. But um well, we're a little over an hour. I like to Yeah, yeah, we can You yeah. gotta go uh Gotta go to class, man. Gotta go Gotta go roll around. Gotta go recreationally choke people. Yeah, hell yeah. Sounds fun. Well, um this was fun, man. 
uh, excited. Do you like this uh, just going off the head kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's there's tons of uh, of topics that I'd like to pay special attention to that I can do my own due diligence right, and right. do a little homework on, you okay. know, bring up subject matter in, in, in regards to that. But yeah, no, I, For I sure. enjoy uh, just the... What do you think about, like, the... Format. What do you think about the, like, one-hour time scale? If you if we could go to an hour and a half or two, would you think uh, that would be I'm feasible? Not, or? I'm not particularly against it. Yeah. I'm, I'm more in the camp of, you know, let's let's see where it goes, you know. Right, okay. If it, if it starts to kind of taper off, and then we're just kind of like, uh... Well, <laughs> it's that time. Yeah. No, but um, yeah. It's uh, I'm I'm glad that you uh, decided to join me. Yeah, absolutely. In this uh, this little journey here, and uh, let's get some guests in here. Find some interesting people to come in and talk to, because um, I also want to share people's stories of uh, you know overcoming odds and. You know, just yeah. kind of like your own story of, you know, where you come from. You know, we both kind of have a story of overcoming odds mm-hmm. and uh, and getting to a place in our lives where we're pretty fucking proud of ourselves, yeah, to absolutely. say the least. Absolutely. Um, and so I would love to get more people on to kind of share their stories in that way and, uh, and uh, kind of just push a, a well, more positive, hopeful narrative for the the people who who want to listen yeah. and and maybe they can take something from what it is that you've experienced absolutely and how far you've come and now that we're uh, talking about it i already have a really good uh guest in mind but i'll i'll save the suspense okay sounds I'll, good uh, man yeah well, i'll i'll uh i'll tell you about him a little bit later once we're once we're done recording all right but overall man great chat um you know i'm, I'm excited to see see where this goes see what kind of stuff we can get out and yeah. uh, out in the open you know so yeah good stuff let's do it man boom thank you guys love you all oh shit <laughs> fuck <laughs>